We can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Hit the guys up at 405-651-3439 or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. It was a battle. We needed it. Uh, the way these guys respond, they're great. Um, I think everybody expects that we should always win. The amount of pressure is pretty insurmountable, and they keep standing up to it. Um, Jordy was a star. Pitchers were great. Um, it's just new heroes all the time, and it's just such a fun part, to, you know, so fun to be a part of them. and. They respond to us as coaches. They practice like crazy. Um, I'm looking at Marita Hines on this field. What better way to walk away than with something like this? It's a come from behind, gritty, hard fought. And I just give all the credit to, to Clemson for just giving us this battle and just all the glory to God for blessing this team and the staff tremendously. I thought that was the um, the part where she says, Mr. Gasso, you're in my shot, <laughs> as, <laughs> yeah. as he was uh, walking across the uh, I think the, that the was. I think uh, we just – I think uh, Steely cut that out earlier. That, that was, was so great. Good. That was great. Yeah. You know, it, it is one of those things that is um, – it, it's something that we don't talk about a whole lot. Um, you know, we talk about the winning streak and, you know, will they go undefeated for a season? Uh, are they going to just win their way right through the championship series and, and not drop a game? Right? There's all these things that we talk about, and maybe we realize that maybe we don't, but there's a team on the other side of that where, you know, whenever we, we talk about those things, it lifts the, the expectations of what they should accomplish and, you know, to be considered a successful team. And, like, that pressure falls somewhere. And it falls on those players. It falls on the coaching staff. And it's something that they have to actually deal with the consequences of that. And it's not easy. As easy as it as it sounds to just show up, and never have a bad day and never have a bad inning and never have a moment that's going to cost you. I, we're used to them being able to step through those, those different scenarios unfazed, but there's a toll. And you could tell there on, uh, on, on Patty Gasso that it, it takes a toll on her. It's hard. And, you know, I, I know that she was, I don't know that frustrated is maybe the right word, but, the winning streak that was hanging over the team had, you know, it left them with a, a lot to think about and worry about that really, in the grand scheme of things, isn't relevant. Now, I know that they will be happy and thrilled 
once this season is over that they were able to accomplish that. Well, they're glad that's over, at least that part of it. I'm yeah, sure. but during the, the lead-up to it and yeah. while it was all going on, it just creates a lot of undue stress uh, for players, coaches, everyone alike. What, OU had, I think, no, seven uh, All-Americans, according to D1 Softball today. Kenzie Hansen, Tiare Jennings, Alyssa Brito, Jada Coleman, all first team, along with Jordy Ball as well. She was a, So five first-team All-Americans, according to D1 Softball. Haley Lee and Grace Lyons were both second team. Yeah. Not bad. Not it's bad. It's great. Five first-team All-Americans. Pretty good. It's, it's, uh, it's earned, but... I can understand how frustrating it must be across the country for other teams and players and coaches to uh, to not it feels like no matter what you do, the recognition isn't going to be there. Uh, and I can get that, but here's the thing: go beat them. Right. Well, the, I, the recognition's not there. There wasn't an OU player in the uh, final three for player of the year. I do understand go. what you're saying, but there's their chance for recognition there. Stanford right. has a chance for recognition Thursday at 1.30. So, yeah, go beat them. There you go. Beat that's, them. that's it. You know, it's a uh, – I, at the end of the day, I, I get where some folks are coming from on that, but this is no different than anything else. If you want it, if you want the hardware – if you want the wins, go do it. All right, go get the get the players. Right, if you can't get the players, then go start talking to your athletic director to get the funds, and start talking to your fan base to put together whatever support you need to grow it to where that type of stuff does happen. Right, that's the nature of this business. Whether it's softball, whether it's football, I mean. Get better. That's that's the bottom line, right? Yeah. Hey, it is the best time of the year. Women's College World Series, baseball teams in a regional, and it's preseason college football magazine season. Oh, oh yeah. That happened last week uh, while you're on your week-long vacation. The three big questions for OU, according to Lindy Sports. One, can Dylan Gabriel step up his game? That's the number one question. Okay. The number two question. Can OU make one final statement in the Big 12? Okay. Uh-huh. Three, is Britt Venables the right fit at Oklahoma? Did, did they get the three big questions right? I, two, I don't think that's a very good one. but Yeah, the second question isn't really a question. Can OU make one final statement in the Big 12? I I don't know. I guess we'll see. That's how you answer that one. Well, that's not very mm. – Question one about Dylan Gabriel, I think, is, yeah, I think that is absolutely relevant. Now, I don't think it is just, it, you know, purely falls on him. I think that he's going to need some other position groups to step up their game in order for him to get the most out of, of what it is that he can do. Um, and I, the question about Venables is fair, right? As of right now, yes, it is. Is Britt Venables right fit at OU? I just would have picked a better number two question. That's that's just me. Maybe something yeah, well, about the defense probably should have yeah, been in there somewhere. I, sure. Because the numbers are right in front of me as I'm on the page. You know, The total offense last year, they were the number 13 offense in the country, and that's still with a lot of issues on that side. But the defense was 121 nationally a year ago. 
I I could have given you a hundred questions. Can they kick a field goal uh, whenever it matters? Can we stop penalizing ourselves whenever we score touchdowns? Ninety-eight to go. See how see how long you can go here. Um, can we create pressure on the quarterback consistently? Can we tackle on the second level? Can we beat a team wearing purple? Beat a team wearing purple. Can we figure out how to defend a fade route without interfering? I mean, there's a lot of low-hanging fruit there. I think uh, a, a question about kicking for chicken would have been better than can OU make one final statement in the Big 12. Kicking for chicken. Uh, well, I think the I think the Venables question is uh, an interesting one. Is he the right fit for Oklahoma? Year one surely had some people questioning their resolve on that uh, on that point, and I totally understand that. But as we sit right now, headed into year two, we've uh, we've got a spring under our belt. What I would consider to be a very successful spring. Uh, which I had my doubts about, let me uh, say that. Y- y- you don't have to convince any of us that you had doubts about the spring. Trust me. Anyone who was listening during that time, loud and yeah. clear, we hear you. Trust me. <laughs> my first couple of t- attended practices had me uh, <laughs> I, had I, I thought worried. I was doing a show with Jim Mora for the first couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, hey, I think – I think that says a lot about this team with how much they improved from the first handful of practices of the spring to the last couple of practices of the spring. I I think that means something really important for this group moving forward that uh, they're going to grow a lot throughout this season. And I think that I think that's pretty uh, exciting stuff. Primary strengths. Let's see what they say. Experience and talent in the secondary will upgrade the whole defense in year two. Stutzman Mm. and Bowman became reliable playmakers last year and are even better now. Gabriel should experience fewer peaks and valleys. The speed at wide receiver is exceptional. Huh, is the speed at wide receiver exceptional? I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, I'll go with it, I guess, for now, but... I think... uh, I think the Anthony kid is is really fast. I think Farouk is well, he's not slow. He's got good speed as a wide receiver, but is I don't know that he what was the term they used? Exceptional? Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know that Farouk is exceptional uh speed wise. I think Andrew Anthony is. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. I'll give I'll give that room. I mean, they're adding to, a burner uh, at a true freshman at wide receiver. We'll still we'll see yeah. how much he contributes there. But yeah, that's that's a that's a little aggressive, but that's that's fine. Potential problems. I'll, I'll say that calling the speed at wide receiver exceptional, whether that's right or not, is still better than the second question that they asked with their <laughs> yeah. three big questions. You know, can only yeah. go up from here. Uh, pro, uh, potential problems. Oh boy, here we go. The offensive line could be improved, but it has undergone a massive refit after losing a lot of depth to the portal. Same with the defensive line, which appears to be upgraded, but went through a mass exodus of backup players. Finding wide receiver one could be problematic. That's okay. So they go from strengths, the speed at wide receiver is, is exceptional, 
to problems, finding wide receiver one could be problematic. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think there's there's a lot of truth to that. Did we lose offensive line depth to the portal? That's what I was trying to think too. No, I know um, Bray Walker. Bray went Walker's the gone. I mean, not anyone that you considered a, a starter. Same thing with the defensive line. But I, I will say that there is a there's a massive amount of room for swing in what you get from the offensive line. I I think that there's a chance that our offensive line that was solid a year ago can improve to excellent. But I'll also leave room that the offensive line could struggle. Right? There's some unknown there. Uh, I tend to be I lean more towards the fact that they're going to be one of the big positive groups on the team next year, but there's unknown. Um, when you just like pencil in the five starters, it has you feeling really good, but it doesn't take very much to go wrong for all of a sudden there to be an issue on the offensive line. Like, And I think that's a, a case for pretty much every group on the field, offensively and defensively, that if we stay healthy and the frontline starters are are able to to play every game, then things look pretty solid. If you start to lose guys health wise, or for whatever reason, um, it can get hairy pretty quickly. Uh, let's see. Ohio Sooner says Texas goes five and seven in Sark's first season. National media ask if they're back for the tenth year in a row. OU goes six and seven in Venables' first season. National media ask if Venables is the right fit for a head coach. Yeah, that's that right. is um, that's echoed quite a bit this off season and in this magazine. They have OU ranked at twenty one, but they rank like the biggest conference games of the year, and they don't even have OU Texas on the radar. I mean, obviously, it's a giant game for OU. It's a giant game for Texas as well this year. I think it, people in Austin would tell you that too. They have yeah. TCU. They have Texas at TCU ranked as the biggest game in the conference. Now, if you want to go off last year's results, sure, I don't think that TCU is going to be the team they were a year ago. But ask Texas fans, what do you think is the bigger game? Going on the road to TCU or playing OU in Dallas? And look, surely that they would say that OU Texas is the is the bigger conference game to them. So. There is a lot of selling that is going on nationally and even in this magazine. Yeah, well, if Oklahoma was 1-11 last year, um, OU Texas would still be the biggest conference game, um, according to Oklahoma fans and to Texas fans. So, and frankly, anyone else that watches the Big 12 and has a clue. Um, but here's the thing. I I totally welcome the fact that Texas goes 5 and 7 and it's hardly a blip no one cares uh and then you know they're right there projected to have another great year after it and Oklahoma goes 6 and 7 and we're not even uh being considered a team that's going to perform well I I'm I'm totally happy with that that's fine I don't know. I don't know why it's like that. It, it it's weird, but I'm fine that that's the case. It, the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. 
I feel like we're going to be a competitive football team this year, and I think most people probably feel like we're going to be a competitive football team this year. How good? We'll wait and see. I don't need someone at ESPN talking about how Oklahoma is back every year. I don't care about that. Let Texas have that. Nine one eight. Can we punt the ball without punting it through the end zone? Very great. That, that we can add that one to the list as well. That would have been a yeah. better question. To, can OU make one final statement in the Big Twelve? You know, I, I could yeah. understand for like a, I don't know, West Virginia. Their three big questions might be tough, or even like a Texas Tech. You know, someone like that, Kansas. But three big questions for a program like OU should be rather easy. But right. when you say, can OU make one final statement in the Big 12, it's almost as if they ran out of ideas. They, they, they can only come up with two, which is quite well, That's shocking. like a general Big 12 conference question, yeah. you know? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe readers are more interested in, in questions and items like that than they are the nitty-gritty, you know, position group stuff. I don't know. I'll let. Lindy's trying to sell magazines, but um, I I do want to at some point maybe dial in a little bit on the Vittables thing about the fit. I do you how many people how many Sooner fans out there do you think are questioning the fit for Vittables as head coach at Oklahoma? Okay, first off, do people actually know what that means or what they're trying to say when they say right fit? Like, right fit as the head coach here, but, like, what is the, the right fit here first? Well, instead, of, instead of everyone just saying yes or no, and it, 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 that's that's more of do they think that he's actually going to work out or not? Like, what is, what is the fit at OU? What does okay, that look he, like? Here's the fit at Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma is positioned very strangely in college football. You have a blue blood program. That is, off the top of my head, the only blue blood program that, I don't know, maybe Alabama's different, but falls in a state with a very, very small population. Okay? Um, you, your, your position in college football does not really fit your position geographically in the country. Um, there's, so that requires a very unique skill set in recruiting. Okay, um, you've got a bunch of historical parts of your program that need uh, representation. You have uh, a tremendous history of defensive play. You have a tremendous history of offensive play, seven Heisman Trophy winners. There has to be some type of balance between those those things um, and what you kind of pay respect to and what you put at the forefront. Um, I think financially the University of Oklahoma is in a unique position compared to some of the other Blue Bloods. I'm not saying that we are a um, I'm not saying that we are a poor program, but we also have a smaller alumni base than I think some of the the bigger yeah. blue blood programs which means you've got a smaller donor base that you have to hit up. I mean there's some Can, can I sum it up like just in one like just yeah. simple statement it's it's a great historic program but it doesn't have maybe the monetary and recruiting advantages some others out there. So Yeah. 
you're working at a little bit of a deficit when it comes to that. Okay, well, is he the right fit? Um, judging by the past places he's coaches, I'd, I'd, I'd probably say yeah. Like, Kansas State's not a blue blood, but there were some obvious disadvantages there, especially when he got there, right? So that one worked out. Oklahoma, not, I mean, a, a little bit better, but not a great situation. When he took over there, they made it work. And then Clemson, a bit better when it comes to a recruiting advantage, but still some disadvantages compared to the other major programs. I, I don't know. Like, th this is an hour to two hour long conversation, but since we're up against it, I'll just make it quick. Then we'll get to some text. I'd say yes, the fit is right because of the past experiences that he's had at other places that are ne not necessarily like OU, but have had real distinct disadvantages to him while still able to win big. Yeah. Here's what I'll say. I think that Venables gives Oklahoma a unique opportunity to have a an elite football program that matches the mentality and characteristics of their fan base. Sure. And I don't know necessarily, while we had, uh, we had a good football team previously under Lincoln Riley, I don't know necessarily if that football team matched the mentality of the fan base. You, you didn't have a football team. You had a quarterback that did, which which helped quite a bit for three yep. years, right? Um, yep. But, yeah, I, I mean, OU's never won a national championship without an elite defense, right? I mean, yeah. the way that OU was winning or, you know, has had to win, that's not what the history of the programs look like. But, yeah, we, we got to hit a break, but all, all good points. We'll hit that. Yeah. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Stay tuned. This is your home for Sooner fans. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Time for our Under the Radar feature brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures. Boyd Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising under the radar sooner startups. Learn how you can help support OU innovation at BoydStreetVentures.com. Uh, I got an under the radar player from the softball game on Saturday. We've talked about it for, what, an hour and a half now? And whose name do we keep bringing up? Kinsey Hansen. Kinsey Hansen. Yeah. Kinsey Hansen. You know, Tiari Jennings was actually the one that hit the uh, winning home run in the ninth inning. Her first at-bat, she hits a home run. Her last at-bat, she hits a home run. It's almost the least talked about two home run game that I can remember. So somehow, well, because Kenzie Hansen is considered the hero in that game, Tiari Jennings, I think, is an under-the-radar player, even though she hit two home runs. There's my selection for Saturday. Uh, yeah, I that actually – is pretty accurate. Um, I would also say that uh, one of the things that's kind of flown under the radar is how about Jordy Ball, the way that she stepped in oh, yeah. and was nails late. Um, great on Friday, great again on Saturday. She kind of feels like she, I, all year long you never really felt like you had a true one. They were all great, but she kind of feels like she's that right now. Yeah. And – how about that catch in the seventh inning, in the bottom of the seventh, to uh, to help extend the game uh, going into the dugout, which, you know, that was one of the great moments. There's a lot of things that you kind of lose after that, that home run. Uh, just kind of took the uh, took the whole breath out of the room. But, yeah, there was a plenty, plenty of stuff that flew under the radar. 
Uh, let's go to the text line, the uh, right fit. Is Britt Venables the right fit at Oklahoma? Yes, absolutely the right fit. Ted hit it on the head. He matches the fan base, an elite recruiter who has stood on the same sideline as Hall of Fame coaches and stood across and beat many more Hall of Fame coaches. Right fit will ultimately be judged by wins and losses because those who ask that question can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is – I think it's a very unique – I think it's a unique job where the school holds a unique position in college football. And there is, I think that there's a, the, a very, how do you say it? There's a, um, there's a feeling that hovers just under the surface from Oklahoma fans that I feel like Coach Venables captures really well. Uh, there is a, there's a, like a forgotten feeling with living in Oklahoma with like your proximity to Texas and people want to call it flyover country. Uh, you know, half of the world thinks that we ride horses to school. There's a bit of a chip on your shoulder, Phil. Sure. There's something there, right? And I think Coach Venables is able to capture why, what really makes this part of the country special. Um, and I don't know that we've necessarily been paying homage to that properly in recent years. And I think in order to get the absolute best out of the program, I think you need to. I, you don't have to look very far back to some uh, like some championships and some really good teams to see that they were comprised of not always the greatest uh, collection of talent in history, but there was the perfect amount of Oklahoma flair sprinkled in on those rosters, right? And I think that that's what he's trying to do. And ultimately, I think that's how you're going to get the most out of the program. Maybe the best example, if they haven't uh, been true to that over the past however many years, six, seven years, whatever, is – how many times have, you know, I done a post-game show or we, we've done a show Monday after a game and everyone's pissed. Like, they won it, but it was 59-56 yeah. to 56 or 48-47, sure. something crazy like that. And maybe people would still be mad if the final score was, I don't know, 14-10 to in a game, but that's at least back closer to, you know, the, the roots of what Oklahoma's been, which has been dominant defense. There, there's, been, there's been a lot of flash and not a whole lot of substance lately and that's actually the opposite of what the state has always been about you know what i'm saying yep so i think there's a chance to get back to that and that doesn't mean that you can't have a big time offense and score a bunch of points and have heisman trophy winners there's just got to be there's got to be a little more grit to you i think ray t in shawnee says bv is the fit for ou he has to rebuild what was torn down easy to have flash with offense but even in our championship history it takes defense 100 percent venables and his staff i uh i agree with that someone else asking let me find it again is there any evidence this is from the 405 is there any evidence that brent venables is a quality head coach comment please there's about nine uh, question marks there after comment, please. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, I think there's plenty. Um, I think that 
you can look at a lot of the things that they've implemented there, uh, not necessarily behind the scenes, but as far as having a plan and developing the, the players there on campus, both uh, you know physically uh, as football players and you know as as citizens i i think that wins and losses are always going to matter the most but i think in order to fix everything like if you can fix the behind the scenes stuff uh, I think the wins are going to come. And no one cares about that. They want wins immediately, right? But there's plenty of things that have gone on and that continue to go on that have shown that he's he's going about things the right way. But if you just want wins and losses, which is I feel like that's what the texter is asking for, well, you're not going to get the answer to your question because – yeah, it's there, but it's not things that you want to hear or care about because the only thing that you want to hear or care about right now is wins and losses. And I understand that mindset. I mean, it's not like that's unique to the texture. I get it. I just feel like there's there's a lot happening, and I believe the wins are going to come. I yeah, could be wrong on that. The wins and losses aren't there, but the best or at least highest-ranked recruiting class – especially on the defensive side that you've gotten in quite some time could be an example Mm -hmm. that we actually have. So, something. The Recruiting Doomer says, even though I talk a lot, BV and company are the ones to take us where we want to be. It's just going to take something I don't have a ton of, which is patience. (laughs) Yeah. The Recruiting Doomer is even saying, yeah, they're the ones. We've just got to be patient, which I don't love. Yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, I, I'm the same way. I think we all struggle with patience, right? But I think the uh, if you can ever sit back for a second and say, like, the climb is really the part that's the most exciting, um, like, that kind of makes it all worth it. If you can start from the bottom, build, and see where you can ultimately take things. So... We'll see. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. Yala Gosney Law is bringing you what caught Teddy's eye. When you need a law firm, do you want... Do you want to actually talk to a lawyer at WYG? Communication is a priority. That's Yala Gosney Law, 405-800-8080. 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is? Well, we'll start here. Kyler Murray, uh, Arizona out there. Uh, it's been rough. Things have not gone exactly to plan over the last oh, six or eight months for them. And they've now release DeAndre Hopkins that's going to make life a little bit more difficult for Kyler Murray and company out there Uh, but it looks like Deshaun Watson Tyler is telling the Cleveland Browns that he wants them to go after his former teammate you think that's where DeAndre Hopkins ends up um no DeAndre (laughs) Hopkins will probably end up in Kansas City or something and win a Super Bowl next year it's not what I'm hoping for but you know no, I don't. Not very many people demand 
to be released, ultimately to end up in Cleveland. So There's not a real track record of that, at least not recently. No, there's not. Um, I don't know if you watched this. I doubt you did, but I did. Game 7, Eastern Conference Finals last night. You'd be surprised. I did keep up with that. Um, you know, and, and even tuned in for the final six minutes. Like, well, Boston hadn't hit a shot all night, and they're not going to start now. And they didn't in the final six minutes, but... Uh, with the way the game six ended, it was still one of those, even though we don't talk a whole lot of NBA, it's like, okay, i got to at least keep tab on this one. Yeah, and, you know, leading up to the game, they had Johnny Damon on, who was part of that Red Sox team that came back from 03. Um, they, they boo him? He, no, he didn't play this for was the like, Yankees after. This was like, uh, I don't know, it was, it was on ESPN, SportsCenter, something like that, but... Um, you had this great moment, right? The Heat go up 3-0. Celtics claw their way back into the series. Ultimately, you've got a game seven at home. Here it is. This is your chance. And they throw an absolute dud <laughs> that was so bad. out there and get uh, blown off their own they floor. They could not shoot. It was awful. Oh, it was pathetic. It's just crazy. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. But it was uh, it was wild to watch that, that whole series unfold uh, that was crazy and then the last thing OU baseball uh headed to the charlottesville regional they've got east carolina that game is six o'clock on friday it's OU, east carolina virginia and army uh in that regional and they take on the uh the winner of the was it the conway regional with coastal carolina duke unc wilmington and riders. So all in all, I, not a terrible draw for a team that was yeah. one of the, the final squads to make it in the NCAA tournament. Doesn't seem like it. Um, feels like they that you know they could they could make something happen here if they they catch some heat at the right time. Offensively, you know they're going to have to do what they've done, move runners around, hard to score big numbers because they're lacking in power right now. But uh, they generate offense with what they've got. Pitching's got to roll around, and let's catch some fly balls there in the uh, in the infield, and I think we'll be okay. Well, one of the uh, the spots OU took, uh, Kansas State, felt like they mm. should have uh, gotten into the uh, postseason, and uh, everyone's favorite, Pete Hughes, sounded off today with it. He said this via a statement. The Division One baseball committee and the system failed K-State, our program, and our seniors. It was obvious that the committee overemphasized the RPI, a flawed metric. The regional disparities of the RPI are glaring and still were used as a tool to form, shape, and make decisions. The most important criteria that has zero gray area is head-to-head competition. Someone wins and someone loses. We were left out in place of two teams that we finished ahead of in overall conference play and also two teams we beat head-to-head. Why play the games if the records are not valued? When did we stop rewarding winning? It's inexplicable and disappointing. Our players and community deserve better. And all OU baseball fans did today was laugh. Yeah. Uh, Great statement. Uh, Falls on deaf ears. As far as I know, travel plans still in place for Oklahoma to head to the Charlottesville The committee did tell everyone uh, RPI matters at all. I don't don't really feel bad for old Pete Hughes. Sorry, bud. It matters for everyone except for Auburn. Right, seriously. Who, uh, <laughs> who uh, as long as you know, you got the director there. Is uh, speaking of baseball regionals, 
Kentucky is hosting a regional in Lexington. However, there's no hotels within an hour of Lexington this weekend because of a country music festival. So that means that the visiting teams, West Virginia, Indiana, as you would say it, and Ball State players and coaches are staying in dorm rooms on campus at the University of Kentucky. Huh. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It seems like a bad thing. Saves wow. the uh, baseball program some, mon- some money, I guess, on hotel rooms, but no hotels within an hour of Lexington because of a country music festival. That must be an amazing country music festival. That's what I was I about who's to playing. say. How many people are in town for a country I, music festival? I am um, – I'm a little bit surprised. Like not, not, I mean, in Kentucky, you know. Hey, country music festival, you can't find a hotel. I, I figured it would be a Taylor Swift concert in Lexington. That's why there was yeah. an hour, a hotel within an hour away. Wow. That's that's something. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. You'd like to be able to take advantage of hosting a regional, but I guess locally you're already taking advantage of the country music situation, so... I don't know. That sucks. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, he's the head coach at the University of Texas. Gary Patterson uh, left UT a few months back saying that he wants to have a larger role in college football or a larger role in help growing the game, something like that. Sark was uh, looking to replace Gary Patterson in his off-the-field role. He added former Wisconsin head coach Paul Christ, who got uh, fired early last year. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. Go on the saving route here is what it sounds like to me. What's the latest with old um, uh, Gary Patterson? Gary Patterson, I yes. think he's headlining that country music concert in Lexington. That's probably nice. why it's so packed. Take a step back. All right. Is that it? One more. Uh, Georgia's AD, athletic director, got mm-hmm. extended in his contract. I mean, I didn't necessarily care about that, but – it was funny to me because in the statement it says, hey, Georgia's athletic director contract got extended. Uh, also, they're adding two more football practice fields. So I don't know if that was uh, in, like, negotiations, but basically Kirby wanted two more football full-size practice fields, and, well, what Kirby wants, Kirby gets at this point. So somehow that was in the news dump of Georgia's AD getting extended. Nice. I think at some point, we at Oklahoma will get full-size practice fields added as well. So that'll be good. I hope so. No more uh, practicing on the, uh, the the rugby pitch over there? Rugby pitch. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe. Perhaps. Unknown. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush. Coming up, we'll wrap up our number two next. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref to game and movie rooms, and even full-service dining. With our professional and caring staff members, you can rest easy knowing your loved ones are well taken care of. Call or visit us online today and start living the good life at the Carlstone. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of The Rush. CBS, it's their final season having uh, all the rides to the big uh, SEC games this year. They have chosen their uh, one-night game per season. Well, they've at least chosen a date, and they chose the date where uh, LSU plays at Alabama. So that's probably their one-night game that they're going to have this year. So what it looks like to me. Nice. Not a bad selection. LSU at Bama, one last time for CBS on a Saturday night. 
That is a, if you're going to pick one, uh, there's better ones that happen, but bang for your buck year in, year out, that's typically a pretty good one to, uh, to kind of put your eggs in one basket. Russ in Atlanta says Georgia extends the athletic director's contract because he has figured out a way to keep players on the roster for six years without making a dent in the number of hours necessary to graduate. Huh. Stetson Bennett, if you're listening, um, sounds like that was a shot at you. Uh, that's – I'd say that's a good reason to keep someone around if they can uh, – if they've figured that out. Yeah. I feel like that makes Stetson Bennett even more legendary in Athens. Won two national championships and didn't even mm. graduate from the school. <laughs> no question. That is uh, – that's very SEC, uh, but also pretty hilarious. It's not just a country music concert in Lexington. Check out the lineup and you'll see why it's sold out. Uh, the lineup has Zach Bryan on Saturday night along with Weezer, Marcus huh. Mumford, Whiskey Myers, Cheryl Crow, and several others. That's not bad for Okay. Sunday. Bryan. Isn't that the one that uh, TJ is a big fan of? Uh, I think he I don't I don't I mean I don't know who his number one is, but I'm sure he really likes Zach Bryan. Oh, Zach Bryan. Huh. Well, did I say Luke Bryan at first? Yeah, if I did. My bad. It's it's Zach Bryan. Because there the, now that I was thinking, I was like, maybe it's Luke Combs. Are we combining a bunch of different guys together with <laughs> with different names? Sunday's list is not that impressive, but Zach Bryan, Weezer, Marcus Mumford, Whiskey Meyer, Cheryl Crow. Yeah. Yeah. Cheryl Crow and Kid Rock performing. Uh, what was that song? Uh, picture. Picture. Your old pal, uh, Kid Rock. You think Kid Rock would remember you? Probably. We, you think so? We should go out to, yeah. Apparently, he has a an amazing home in Nashville. Go knock on yeah. the front door at some point. Maybe that's a vacation that you can plan that you won't get sick, or or you can actually go on. Doubtful. Point. Doubtful. Uh, it doesn't shock me that he's got an awesome home in Nashville. He had awesome multiple homes in the state of Michigan. Um, so yeah. I bet he'll be there. Uh, probably. Didn't he have a recent video of him shooting a whole lot of Bud Light cans in his backyard? Yeah, with a machine gun. <laughs> yeah, it's that, that's what I thought it was. With a machine gun. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he got his point across in that video? Do, uh, do you think people were left wondering how he stands on the, uh, on, on the topic? Well, apparently it's the last time anyone bought multiple cases of Bud Light. Now, I know it was for him to shoot them with a machine gun, but... Uh, if what everyone continues to put on social media is true, those are the last cases of Bud Light purchased across the country. Could be, could be true. You know, something under the radar from the softball game, I don't know if we've spent enough time talking about Barry Switzer eating peanut M&Ms. Yeah. I, Did he is select, that what was going on there? Yeah, I mean, the peanut M&M bag, that's the yellow one, right? That's a, yeah. That's exactly what was going on in the outfield. Huh, Okay. I remember they showed him during the broadcast. I guess I didn't pay close enough attention to what he was doing uh, eating peanuts. or uh, Peanut M&M's. Peanut, peanut M&M's. Which, which i got to say is the right selection if that's kind of the avenue he wanted to go down. The King got yeah. it right again. Which he always does. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. we got the final hour next. Keep hitting the text line. 651-3439. We'll be back. 1400 AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma.